This is an Equity Bates Media podcast. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Before we get into today's episode, we would like to acknowledge and pay respects to the Wandry people of the Kulin Nation who are the traditional owners of this land. We pay our deepest respects to the elders past and present and to the next generation who we hope to create a different future for. The best career advice that you are not getting is to invest. Hello and welcome to Your In Good Company, a podcast that makes investing accessible for everyone. I'm Maddie and as always I'm in some very good company with my co-host Sophie. Hi Mads, I'm actually so excited for today's episode. It's our final episode of our NFT slash Ethereum series and we're going to be speaking to an artist and all about her process of setting up NFTs. Yeah, so great to get some insight and I guess to really understand from an artist's perspective the value that NFTs have to offer. Today we're excited to welcome to the show Tammy Cannon. Tammy is an internationally recognized artist known for her beautiful and vibrant weaving. Her work has been featured in the NGV and she has produced commissions for local and international clients, including one of our favorite brands, Mecca. To celebrate 10 years in the textiles business, Tammy has recently brought her artworks to life through NFTs, which we are very excited to discuss with her today. Welcome, Tammy. Hi, girls. Nice to see you. Tammy, we always start the same way with our guests so people can get to know you a little bit. What was the best thing that happened to you in the past week? I actually have um, some exciting news, which is that I have just um, discussed within the last week that I'm going to be exhibiting at the Sydney Contemporary Art Fair. So, which is oh, wow. super exciting news. And yeah, so I've actually got so excited. I've started this week working on a new piece, which will hopefully be one of the um, pieces in the exhibition. So yeah, so that's been a very good week. That's incredible. Congratulations. <laughs> Thank you. And Tammy, if you could have dinner with anyone, who would it be and why? Someone who I would love to have dinner with is an artist who's no longer alive called Mark Rothko and I have an obsession with his art and he was just an incredibly interesting man who really explored new avenues in art and I think he would just be an amazing artist to be able to have been able to pick his brains and and find out how he came to some of the conclusions he did with his artwork so yes that would be like my ideal night I'm sure you could find out a lot over a couple of wines you're actually the first person that has um, added an artist to that question so there's a first for everything on this podcast and if you could be a company a stock a project who would you be and why um I would probably be I would actually choose to be a foundation. And again, I'm going down the art path because I suppose that's where my passion is. But it would be um, the Joseph and Annie Albers not-for-profit organisation. 
And the reason that I would actually choose them is they were a big um, influence in the Bauhaus movement and they just were, a, you know, they met each other. She was a textile artist, Annie was a textile artist and Joseph Albers was the one who really explored the colour squares and together they were this gorgeous couple and went on this amazing artistic adventure and they were sort of around, I think, 1888 to 1994. So we're sort of talking about that era and um, and they just do now, the actual foundation does some incredible work. And I know recently they're actually opening up a, um, a new museum in Senegal called Bibi, which is for that community and culture. And they are really looking at bringing art into the area and, you know, helping to re-energise and revitalise the community. So that would definitely be a foundation that I would support and think they're doing an incredible job. I have to say I love this question because we always get such great responses from our guests. But Tammy, I would love to go back to the very beginning and ask, have you always been an artist and how did you get into weaving in particular? Well, if I go right back to the beginning, probably my creative kind of um, um, actually creative discovery came out when I was very, very young, but I probably didn't notice it because I was maybe seven or eight and we used to have a house up at Lake Hilden and I'd sit by the fireplace and I would sit with this beautiful kind of latch hook cushion and I would spend hours like pulling the wool in and choosing the colours, oh, wow. which is quite amazing. <laughs> so I was so young when I did that and then I never really thought about it. And then I did my schooling and all of that and then it wasn't until I, um, uh, when I was pregnant with my first child, I then... Um, which is Lexi now, I decided to try ceramics. So then I realised, oh, I'm really enjoying the creative aspect of ceramics. And from there I moved into jewellery. And in the jewellery area, um, I would design jewellery and I actually grew quite a big business over 12 years but we, where we'd sell wholesale. And I also had a retail shop all over Australia and New Zealand and had quite a few people making. So it was a really, it was a business and I think it was at that point, it was really became clear to me, it was a creative area that really was my passion. And the business part was not something that came to me naturally. So after 12 years, I kind of left that a bit uncomfortably because I realised that um, it was no longer serving me. And, and then I moved into my tapestry um, and weaving. So yeah, that was my artistic journey. It's so cool that you can pinpoint a moment in time that you kind of like really realised something that you were passionate about, because I feel like for a lot of people, that's quite hard to do. But the fact that you can say, you know, you were sitting on the couch at Lake Yildon and picking apart, like it's pretty cool that that's, that's something that you can talk about. It's, it's actually interesting because I don't think it was until I started weaving and I, I actually came across the weaving, not looking for anything, but just trying to create a piece for our home. So we were renovating our house and I just went to the wool shop. I'd seen a weave that I loved. and I thought, oh, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to try and do this. So I went and I bought the wool and I started weaving and it had this familiar feeling and just this sort of this mm. comfort that I didn't, it didn't occur to me until that point. I was like, what is this feeling from? And I worked out, oh, that's where I had this feeling. But I think just going back to the jewellery um, business, which I think is really important, one of the things in the jewellery business, it started out as a creative journey and turned into a business. And that was one thing I struggled with because once it lost the the kind of 
the passion for the creativity came about the number of sales of pieces of earrings and bracelets and how much they cost. It, it's a very hard balance, business and creativity, to have both parts of your brain working at the same time. Can't wait to get into that a little bit more, but I have to say I was laughing to myself because when growing up, I always wanted to be an artist and I think I can pinpoint the point where I realised I was never going to be an artist. <laughs> Definitely <laughs> did not have the talent, unlike you. Uh, that's interesting. You probably did, but you just didn't pursue it. <laughs> didn't hone it enough, maybe. <laughs> so for people that haven't seen your pieces before, you can head over to your Instagram um, and see you know, these big, beautiful, physical, weaving pieces but we're really interested how did you get in involved with the nft space and why did you decide to create nfts out of your artwork the thing is is i think when you're an artist you're always exploring and you're always getting curious and that's one thing that i have always you know i think i'm a curious person and always have been and and i think that once I was doing the tapestry, which then turned into my own form of, of weaving, which I kind of invented a style that was maybe a little bit different to just your standard square tapestry at that point. And and I kind of, I get restless really quickly. So I want new colours, new shape, new design. And then I heard about NFTs and <laughs> I was just like, what is this? And it just fascinated me like how can I reinterpret my work in a digital form and and I just needed to look around the corner I I just kept hearing about it and you know there was a lot of talk I listened to a lot of art podcasts when I'm weaving and there was a lot of talk about the non-fungible tokens and there was a whole Beeple sale which was really the point where everyone heard about it. I think it was at Christie's and it was for $69 million and this artist sort of out of nowhere. So there was just like all these things popping up everywhere and I was like, I need to go and have a look at this um, new artistic form. So in the art community, are people really talking about NFTs? Is it something that's, you know, up for discussion or are a lot of people kind of shying away from it? I think that it is really split. I mean, I think that you've got, um, I think if you're in the art world, you need to have a look at it. Like it, you, you just need to to understand what it is. It may not be for you. You may just be totally all about physical art, but it is very real and it is happening. It's definitely a different medium. I think the artists that really succeed in the digital art really are people maybe who've been in graphic design or they've kind of been in the digital world. I think for traditional artists, it is definitely a harder jump. And the more I went down this rabbit hole, the clearer I am why that is. And it's been a fascinating journey. You say on your website that your ultimate goal is to produce a collection of work that makes you feel calm and connected. And you've created a digital dreamscape collection. Can you tell us a bit more about this and I guess how it really differs from your physical pieces? So the dreamscape collection was um, how this came about. So once I decided that I wanted to work with NFTs, my first port of call was I actually reached out to another artist another um, traditional artist who had moved into that area and so she said to me really you need to get on Twitter onto Clubhouse and you need to just start you know working with the community and understanding and learning and so that was my first step 
And then once I'd done that and I'd sort of understood a little bit more, I decided I wanted to, you know, animate the work. Because you can do a digital NFT, which is just a still image of my work. Yeah, of course. But I wanted to actually have the movement. So much cooler. Well, I just felt like that there was no point just doing a still of my work. So I kind of did a bit of research and I, I ended up reaching out to this guy called Urien Hoss, who is in the Netherlands. And he... Um, did some work with Hermes and just like incredible work and I really just sort of connected with what he was doing and I thought you know what I'm just going to send him a direct message and say hey do you want to collaborate with me on (laughs) NFTs? Love that no shame. (laughs) Why not you know and and he I just you know when you just I don't know again I a lot of what I do runs on intuition my art the, the decisions I make doing NFTs I don't I don't overthink. I just jump and then go, oh, I'll see what happens. So I sent him a direct message and he was just like, oh, this is interesting. He didn't even know what NFTs were. So we ended up having, <laughs> having like a – because it was still really new. Like this was – I know it wasn't that long ago, but it was still super early days. That no Sorry, one... I assume when you reached out to him because he, it was because he was an expert in the area. <laughs> no, I just liked his work and I saw he was a motion designer and I was like, oh, well, he you. could probably translate my work in a way – that I would like it to be translated. <laughs> and, sense. you know, you're probably right. I probably should have <laughs> thought about the NFT aspect, but no one really was doing it. So it wasn't easy to find someone to collaborate with on who wasn't doing their own NFT. So I thought I just need to find like another digital designer who'd be interested. So I reached out to him and we had a, a great chat and he was a bit like, whoa, I don't know what you're talking about. Sort of, <laughs> I'll go and look at it. And we ended up having a, a beautiful friendship and we came up with this idea, Dreamscape, which was basically the whole concept was to take my work and make it sort of a meditative experience. And I really just gave him free reign to to do his, his sort of interpretation of it. So we, we had a lot of and do have a lot of respect for each other, but both of us on a very steep learning curve. Well, I can imagine because as Maddie said, I expected that this was someone that like had a complete idea of how to make digital <laughs> NFTs move. <laughs> I didn't realise you just reached out to someone that just was, you know, an artist of their own. I love that. <laughs> well, I actually had to teach him how to <laughs> get a wallet and get Ethereum and, and all of that. So it was fun because, you know, it's it's something like, you go on that journey together and you then really go for the highs and lows of it. Oh, it's a whole experience. How can you come on here before and say, you know, you don't know how to do tech, <laughs> you're joining onto a podcast thing, but you've gone and taught yourself <laughs> about the NFT space. I now don't believe you. <laughs> okay, so I have a confession. Yes, I did work out all of that. Like it depends how much I want it, but I do have to give some credit to my husband. Jonathan, because we would be up till two or three in the morning. I'd be torturing him, going, "But we need to get a MetaMask. We've got to get a wallet. We need to get Ethereum." <laughs> it was just, oh my goodness! And then the other thing was, um, the the people. I sort of met a whole new community. It was like this whole like underground world. It it, it was just unbelievable. And literally, it goes twenty four seven. 
Like I was exhausted. It's interesting that you say that because we have been told that, you know, the NFT space really does open you up to new communities. Are there any other reasons that you find NFTs valuable? Like I understand that you, you know, felt like you had to jump into something new and you're excited to try it. But did you do this because you think there's a greater value in creating NFTs? Okay. So I want to read something to you, which I actually just heard today, which I think is interesting. So when you're hearing this, so for instance, NFTs. So they had a massive growth growth in NFTs. Sales reached 17.07 billion in 2021, up from 82.5 million in 2020. That's a jump of more than 200 times. So that was 20, 2020 to 2021. So first of all, like, you know, as an artist, I was curious about what could my NFTs do? How will people relate to them? How will they react? Can they have, you know, I've been fortunate enough from my physical work to have an impact on people. Can I reinterpret it for the digital work to have the same impact? Um, and put it this way, it's a lot easier on my hands. Let's be honest. <laughs> you know, like it, it's different. It, it was a different mental, you know, it's still hard work creating it, but a different experience from from that tactile Um but I think, um, you know, when you're kind of hearing figures like that, you just have to question, like, what is this in the art market? And I'm kind of jumping here. The other thing, so I, I have to laugh. So I actually didn't only decide for a moment there I was going to do NFTs. I was then going to be in the metaverse. <laughs> I spoke oh to an architect who wanted to build a building in the metaverse. I'm not joking. So we were going to have a gallery <laughs> in the metaverse with my NFT art on the wall. After I realised that was probably a little bit more than I could do, but I just it was just never ending. And, and since, yeah, and it, it still just continues to evolve. So there was so much to explore on this journey. So if and I have this idea to do a series on the podcast and it will be called something along the lines of like things we know nothing about. And I think that it, the first episode has to be the metaverse because it is just like whenever <laughs> yeah. we start to go down this path and we get all excited and you start, you think that you start learning and grasping it. And then it's like you read something about the metaverse and you just you start all over again because it is just crazy. Yeah. It is absolutely crazy. And but it's also incredible and I don't know, I think if anyone's sceptical about it, which I know people are, I think the deeper that you get into it, the the kind of the more, the realer you can see it is. I know mm. that's not a word, but, you know, you can <laughs> see that it's, there is something going on and you don't have to be a part of it. And if you are going to be a part of it, you're going to need a lot of energy and a lot of time. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Good to know. <laughs> so do you think that this space, that NFTs, have been good for artists? I think NFTs have been absolutely incredible for some artists. It has, I think the thing that I find really interesting about NFTs, it's very based on communities. So, you know, looking after each other, you know, when I was there, everyone was sort of buying each other's NFTs and supporting each other, having like clubhouse rooms to pump each other up. So it's a much more um, community-based. So the community looks after you as the NFT artist and as the NFT artist, you airdrop NFTs to your community and you offer them lots of perks. So it really is an incredible world in that way. Whereas I think with physical art, 
you know, you you know, with my physical art, I'm just really on my own and I'm weaving and people are contacting me and it's it's much simpler. I really, it's a much more um, solitary journey, whereas I think the NFT, you really, it's much more of a community-based. I'm totally sold. I think it sounds awesome. <laughs> yeah, it is. It's, um, I think, especially for a younger generation, it is. And, you know, but there were also, you know, in, you know, people of the old generation also doing amazing things. But I still think that traditional artists, I think it's pretty clear that their success rate is not like people who've been in the digital art world. And I think that a lot of companies at the beginning thought they'd find all these top artists who they would then translate into digital art and they slowly realised it isn't about that. It's like all these people who, you know, young kids, 18-year-olds who are suddenly selling, you know, NFTs for millions and millions of Christie's and Sotheby's who weren't original classic artists or traditional artists. So I think that's been a huge um, wake-up call in the NFT world that artists who think they can jump into it, not so easy. I think that's one of the things that Mads and I have really realized when we were first speaking about NFTs and what the value was. I think we were compare, trying to compare apples for apples, you know, art against NFTs. They're the same thing, just ones in a digital format. And I think we've come to realize through all these conversations that we're having with people is that the community is a huge thing. And also for you, if you're a part of this community and can get your artwork in front of so many more people, then it must have so much more benefit, not only so that you feel like you're a part of a community, but you kind of get to explore all new avenues of art with people that are around you absolutely I mean I think that um I I think to I don't I I think that the the digital interpretation from my experience to date it doesn't feed my soul like the physical art and I you know I have to to date you know I'm so glad I went down it but it didn't give me that same satisfaction but I also think I have seen some artists who really um, come up with some incredibly unique ideas. It's a different brain wave to normal art. That's all I can say. Well, something that Maddie and I might not understand. Yeah. <laughs> we would we would love to say that we do, but honestly, if you saw Can't me draw wait. a stick figure, you'd probably be disappointed, Tammy. Okay. Now, can I tell you, that is a really good point of what you said. I was listening to a podcast today. Do you know you could draw a stick figure and do so well with NFTs? I tell you why, because it's not about necessarily yet. There's there is actually a possibility. It it is about the community you build and what that stick figure offers and what is behind that stick figure. So it's not necessarily about the the image. It's what it, it's the utilities behind it, and that doesn't exist with art. You don't sell a piece of art and go, well, now you're part of a group that can go on yachts all over the world. Do you understand? So you you become part of a, a group, which doesn't. So the actual like, okay, how can I explain? So you could buy a stick figure. I mean, even the board ape yacht club, like they're cute, yeah, like yeah. But I mean, I wouldn't call them kind of um, like Monet or you know. But the, it's the whole philosophy behind, which is really what NFTs is about. And I don't think people realise the importance of the concept behind it. 
my brain is ticking away and I'm thinking that we're going to, like I'm imagining two stick figures. It's going to be the YGC community in <laughs> NFT land. It's going to, we're going to work on it. We'll come back to Maddie's you. like, how, how can I make stick figure turn into yacht yeah. in Europe over summer? What, how does that work? Let's make that happen. How can I finally become the artist that I dreamed of? <laughs> Well, you've got YI at least, a yacht in. Like, I'm sure we could work out something. Let's do a collaboration. That's amazing. <laughs> yeah, tell me we're going to need your help. I hope that, that, like, I'm giving you some, like, I really do believe it's the, the, it's the creativity is not in your image. The cre- creativity is a concept behind it and the heart behind it in a different way to the heart behind physical art. So now that we understand a bit more about the value of NFTs in the art world, we are going to take a quick break for our sponsors and we'll be right back to talk about how you can make and purchase NFTs yourself. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at hellofresh.com. So if Soph and I want to go and create our stick figure YIGC NFT, how do we actually create it? What are the steps to create the collection? I think the first thing I would say to anyone process to start with, you've got to be on Twitter. That's where it pretty much all happens. It's moving over to Instagram a bit, but still really Twitter is the main area. Clubhouse is also, you know, that's also a lot of talk going on there and Twitter spaces. So that's a good starting point to inform yourself about what is going on in the NFT world. Once you've done that, you then really need to think about what um, what it is that you are trying to share with your community. What are you offering them? So are you offering them a um, an ability to support a charity? You know, I think Deepak Chopra has a um, NFT, it's called NFT for Goods. It's called Metaseva. So he has NFTs and the whole thing is about for not-for-profit industries. That's what he raises. Yeah, so so that's his. Um, so really, and then there's one of my favourite NFTs. It's called World of Women. I, I don't know if you guys have heard of that. So, I mean, this is something where I like, could pinch myself because also whilst I was creating one, I was also buying NFTs. And I saw that come up and it was like at the, when it first came out. And I was like, oh, a little bit what you're saying. What is this? I mean, it's cute picture of a girl but I didn't get it and they have just gone berserk like I wish I bought one like I was so close to buying one but their whole philosophy which is actually again so if you say when you're thinking about um with NFTs 
their world of women, which I love. It's a community celebrating representation, inclusivity, and equal opportunities for all. So according to research published in November 2021, female artists accounted for just 5% of all NFT art sales. And so World of Women is on a mission to change that, to get women more involved. So the first thing is to actually think about what message you want to put out there and what you want to share with people. And then you can go to the creative. And, you know, I sort of had my existing creative, but I needed it to evolve. So, and then... Um, you can either digitally find the work yourself, whereas I found Urian who did the motion, you know, who did that design. Because I think you've also got to work out, like, what is your skill? Like, you can't be everything. Well, some people can. But I think you've got you to focus on, like, what is your skill? Is your skill getting out there and sharing what you're doing? Or is your skill the creative? Or, you know, so what is your, yeah, your skill? Um, so that was sort of my process i then shared it with my instagram followers which was pretty awesome we had a great response um i think the hardest thing for me um was the disparity between my physical art and the price of the nfts that's always a bit of a hard one with an existing artist like how you price it and i think the other thing was people trying to onboard so get a MetaMask wallet. Yeah, so that was actually going to be a question that I was going to ask. So when you dropped your first collection, I had signed up to your mailing list of how to buy an NFT because I had no idea, but I had followed your page and you sent out this really concise, like beautiful email <laughs> of how what to do to sign up. So I guess I kind of wanted to understand like what were those steps and how does someone buy an NFT? Like where do they buy it from and how do they do that? So when you create an NFT, you have to choose what platform you want to create it. So you can use OpenSea, which is your very kind of, everyone's on OpenSea. You know, you can be high end, low end, everything in between. And then you've got more um, private platforms that you have to be invited to be part of. Oh, there's exclusive ones. Didn't know that. Yes. Oh, oh gosh, yeah. So there's like, um, <laughs> oh my God, there's lots. There's super rare. Um, there is, um, oh, there's also different platforms depending on which cryptocurrency you use. Yeah. So whether you use Ethereum or HBAR, uh, exactly. So I decided to go on OpenSea. I was going to try and keep it as simple as I could. And I really just um, sent out that email to share with everyone how to onboard, which was get a meta, go to MetaMask to get a wallet, to buy Ethereum, go into OpenSea. And then you could purchase it through there once you had your Ethereum, which sounds really easy, but not, you know. So I think until for the mass market, until NFTs, you can just use your credit card, which I think it will get there. I think it's going to be very difficult because the people who did buy my NFTs, it was a lot of work and it was talking them through. And, you know, a lot of people... Um, went on the waiting list for my nfts but it was like whether you could get over the line to actually go through that process well i mean either they'll start accepting credit cards or you know things like ethereum will be much more adopted by the general population so it'll be interesting to see which sort of takes off first i guess i think a lot of the um platforms are looking at just or some already do so it's being able to accept credit cards 
to get it to the masses. But then people are like, okay, I've got my NFT now. What do I do with it? So then they've got to understand the concept. Why does it have value? It's a little bit like you know having a stamp collection that stamps go up. It's it, there's a lot to get your head around. What was one of the most valuable things that you think you sort of learned throughout this whole process, getting involved in the digital world? I think being part of the art world in a different format and actually maybe appreciating how much I am grateful for the simplicity of what I do have going. <laughs> do you know what I mean? Yeah, like I, for I sure. think, I, you know, I'm just being really honest. It was so much more complex than I could have <laughs> imagined and it was such a rabbit hole and it was just relentless and I still stay in contact with all um, the you know the people who I met and I, I love that I met some awesome people and it's been incredible watching their journeys as they've developed their NFTs it, it, it's amazing to watch it, it really is um, but I, I think I just just a great experience, like literally going on a crazy holiday, <laughs> you know. I don't know if I'd call like setting up an <laughs> NFT and like doing all crazy hours till 2 a.m. in the morning a holiday. I mean, if it gets you on a yacht. <laughs> but it's kind of that buzz. It's like you get a buzz from it. There is something like when you you launch your NFTs and, you know, you've got them up there and it, it's, it's a bit of a high that you do get. And, you know, if someone buys one, it's like, well, you know, like so there is that. Um, but I think you it, it's like with anything, if you want to master anything, you've got to be passionate about it. And I think that to be a master of NFTs, you just have to be all in. And I know lots of people who are and they're just loving it and it's, they're there for the ride, the highs and lows. I have to ask, do you know anyone that's bought your NFTs and what they're doing with them? Because for context, anyone that doesn't, hasn't seen your work before they obviously are motion pieces and they're so beautiful do you know if anyone's you know using them in a gallery or in their house or are they just holding it for value I think I'm not sure I think someone is actually has put them up on their television so they're actually that's said that's what their plan was so it's just literally you know playing or, or still on their television I have actually got arriving shortly which I'm excited um, from token frames some um, their frames that you can actually put the nfts on so that they can just play um, so they come in all different sizes so you can um, um, yeah put them on the wall like just like a piece of art so you just buy a big frame and it yeah it just plays it on the television but I think it's, um, you know, to me, I wanted to cover a few things. I wanted to make it, them, I wanted them to be beautiful and I wanted them to have, a, you know, a, an energy that is representative of my work and I wanted it to be an experience. But I also, I wanted to be part of something that was new and happening as an artist and I wanted people who got, who took up the opportunity to buy one of my pieces if they just hold on to it. Maybe being one of the earlier people who've got into this, it, it will be of a benefit, you know, down the track. Um, I bought quite a few NFTs myself and I've also kept on, held on to some of my own because I think in years to come, to be in that year when NF NFTs first sort of started, 
it's pretty awesome. Tammy, I don't really want this chat to end because I'm really enjoying it, but (laughs) I do have one final question for you. Do you have any recommendations for resources or any advice for someone who is really interested in learning more about this space, whether it be creating or buying NFTs? Uh, my advice would be to um, there is uh, it's called NFT Fish Tank, which is on Instagram. You can join that group, um, and it's a group of people from yeah. Well, they're all over the world, and it's they meet on Thursday nights in Clubhouse. So they're on the Instagram that you can connect with them, but then they're on Clubhouse, and um, it's some really great speakers, and everyone shares what they're up to. So I would definitely get onto that, and then. The other, and I can actually share that with you, the link. And the other thing is um, definitely Twitter I would do. And um, there's also um, a, I think it's based originally from RMIT, Mount Token. She has an Instagram and they've actually, the last couple of nights, I think even one's running tonight, people sharing and talking about NFTs. So I think that would be really good, you know, good starting points to to get involved i feel like once you also follow a couple of these accounts it's really easy to find many more because they just post all the time so it's easy to find that like community that you've been speaking about absolutely tammy thank you so much for joining us on today's episode we've absolutely loved hearing about your process of creating nfts before we go is there anywhere that you would like to plug where people could find out more about you your art or your nfts uh, the best area is probably to go to Instagram, um, which is Tammy Cannett, and you'll find out what I'm up to and I'll share if I'm dropping any new NFTs or if um, what I'm up to with my work. And, um, yeah, there's always new and exciting things happening. Very exciting. Well, Tammy, thank you so much for joining us. We have loved chatting to you and we highly recommend everyone going to check that out. Thank you. So lovely to chat with you both and just share the NFT journey and hope that it's been useful to others. Thanks, Tammy. I love getting an artist's perspective on this whole space. I think these conversations have really opened up the fact that community is really important in this NFT space. And I love that it is really doing, you know, justice for people that are in this area who are artists who want to, you know, get more out of their art and like share it with more people. And so I think conversations like this really like bring it down. It's not just what we used to think it was like I am putting digital art on a TV screen. It's like so much more than that. I was going to say, I think we've come a long way from our text message conversation, which was like, I don't get it. Do you just screenshot it and print it out? And then that's your <laughs> yeah. artwork. Like, I really understand now the value and the utility behind NFTs, which is kind of cool. <laughs> I also think people must have thought we were so ignorant, like, which we were. Like, I'm going to admit <laughs> I mean, to yeah. that. But like, imagine like now being, seeing it being like, no, guys, there's this yeah. whole community out there. <laughs> Very good. Well, if you do have any questions about today's episode, we would love to hear them. So please DM us on Instagram at YIGC Podcast or jump into our Facebook group, YIGC Investing Podcast Discussion Group. We will have a thread in there where we can discuss our thoughts, answer the questions that come through. And if you're willing and able, please leave us a review. It helps us reach more people. Willing and able. (laughs) Just like you. 
We would love to hear your thoughts as well. Feedback's always great for us, so please do I so. you were going to ask for donations then. <laughs> I was going to really cut you <laughs> off. Gosh. If you're willing and able, please donate. Donate to our <laughs> NFT fund that's coming up that's going to create stick figures and get us all on super yachts. Let's go. <laughs> love it. Well, thank you so much, and we'll catch you next week. Bye. You're in Good Company is a product of Equity Mates Media. All information in this podcast is for educational and entertainment purposes only. It is not intended as a substitute for professional finance, legal or tax advice. The hosts of You're in Good Company are not financial professionals and are not aware of your personal financial circumstances. Before making any financial decisions, you should read the product disclosure statement and, if necessary, consult a licensed financial professional. Do not take financial advice from the podcast. For more information, head to the disclaimer page on the Equitymates website where you can find ASIC resources and find a registered financial professional near you. In the spirit of reconciliation, Equitymates Media and the hosts of Your In Good Company acknowledge the traditional custodians of country throughout Australia and their connections to land, sea and community. We pay our respects to their elders past and present and extend that respect to all Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander people today. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello, fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello? Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. AdWanted UK is the provider of single-source media data for agencies, media owners, brands and academic institutions. And thanks to our rebranded news offering called The Media Leader, we can also lead the way in championing excellence and inclusion in the media industry. To find out more, simply visit the dash media dash leader dot com to subscribe to our daily bulletins the media leader from ad wanted uk